But hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning. What a great day God has given us today, and you braved it all the way through Snowmageddon to get here. You need to be congratulated. And we are a hearty people here in Calgary, aren't we? I have friends at the West Coast, they're like canceling their services because it snowed in Vancouver. I'm like, man, if we had to cancel a service for snow, we'd be really in trouble. See you in June. Uh, so glad you came today. Smile at the person next to you and go, you're a winner. And just tell them, just smile at them and tell them you're a winner. <laughs> We're winners in Calgary. We, as long as our dog sled team is ready, we can get to church. This morning, I want to speak to you about stepping into vision. I believe God has a vision for you to fulfill in your life. God has something for you to fulfill. He's created you with a purpose. This morning, I want to help you discover that. And then together as a church, this is the amazing, miraculous thing, is God has called us together to accomplish something for his purpose in this city. How many believe that this morning? He hasn't, he hasn't just, well, three of us, that's good. How, how about the rest of you? How many believe that God's given us a vision? And he's given us a vision together. And so my assignment today is to help you better understand what it means to step into God's vision for your life and, and then together as we move forward as a church. When I was 10 years old, my family moved to Vancouver, speaking of the West Coast this morning. And if you've ever, ever been to Vancouver on a clear day, which happens only a few times a year, in Vancouver on a clear day, there's nothing like it. You can look at any you know, angle of the city and, and you can look towards downtown and you will see the North Shore Mountains. How many people have had the chance to be in the city of Vancouver on a clear day? The North Shore Mountains. When we first moved there, I was fixated on those mountains. And all I wanted to do was go skiing. And I would stare at those mountains. The day finally came where my dad said, I'll take you skiing. So I woke up that morning, I looked outside, and it was foggy. Which was not unusual for Vancouver. But I was a little disappointed because I, I thought, man, is it going to be foggy up at the top of that, that mountain or what's, what's going to take place? So as we started driving about halfway up the mountain, it started getting brighter. And as we turned a corner about three quarters of the way up Mount Seymour, there's a beautiful lookout over the city. And at that point, the sky completely opened up. There was, all I could see was blue sky up ahead. The birds were singing. It was warmer than it was at the bottom. And in Vancouver, I'm a little bit of a weather network geek. So it's called inversion. And what happens in Vancouver is the fog comes in off the ocean, but then it's, there's high pressure that comes in, you know, off the West Coast. And it was a high pressure ridge that, uh, that was happening. And so it's warmer on top of the mountain than it is at the bottom of the mountain. And as I... Looked outside the window, we stopped, we pulled over, we could see the beautiful city of Vancouver, we could see the tops of buildings poking up, we could see patches of fog, and you could see Burrard Inlet welcoming the world, beautiful ships coming in the harbor. And you could have perspective at the top of the mountain. It's important for us to get God's perspective. This is what having a vision is. You get out from the fog. And you get to a place of being able to see clearly who God's made you to be and what he's called you to accomplish. As a church, this is very important that we get a collective vision together. 
that we can see together. And some of you this morning, maybe even personally in your life, you're just seeing fog. You're just, you're kind of wondering about what's next and where to go in life. And you're dreaming about vision. You're thinking about some next steps in your life. I want to encourage you this morning that God's word, that following Jesus, as we look at God's word, he, he calls us and he shows us how we can get out from a place of feeling stuck and in fog. But we can get to a place where we can get a vantage point. We can get God's perspective. And do you know that God has a perspective for what he desires to accomplish here in Calgary? He, he's not looking at fog. He's, he's seeing from 10,000 feet. And God this morning, he wants us to get up beyond the fog and to begin to see from 10,000 feet as a church as he's called us in vision, on mission together. So we're looking at that this morning. Proverbs says, without a vision, without a vision, without a revelation, without a prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Here's why we got to get a vision. It says we have to get a vision because if we don't get vision, people perish. People suffer. We can personalize that. If we don't get a vision, a revelation of who God's made us to be and what he's called us in, we suffer ourselves. We suffer because we don't fulfill and we don't accomplish everything he's created us to accomplish. But collectively, as a church, if we do not get God's heart and God's vision for this city and how he's called us together, people in our city suffer. Somebody said that there's a generation that is waiting on the other side of your obedience and my obedience. They're waiting for us to get aligned with God, to get full of the Holy Spirit, to get on mission, to get God's perspective so that we don't find ourselves walking around in the fog. Because there's an exhilarating vision for us to walk in together as a church. And as we move into this new year, 2017, the skies are bright, friends. The sun is out. There are some exciting views. There are some exciting things and opportunities that God is showing us and beginning to show us. But we can't just see this as leadership. And I can't just see this as, as the leader who's called to serve this, this beautiful church. We all have to see this together. We all have to get a revelation of this vision that God has called us to individually in our lives. And how that plays out together as a corporate church moving in the things of God in this city. Because there are people. People perish if we don't get a picture of where God's calling us to be. And who he's called us to be. And God has called you this morning, and he's called me to move in this place of vision. So where do we get this vision and this clarity from? I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. There's some things that you might want to just jot down. If you have a Bible, you can open it up to Ephesians 4. And I want to pull out a few things this morning related to how God has called us on vision. We need to look to the Word because the Scripture we just read from Proverbs, where there's no vision, people perish in context, it's even above and beyond getting a vision. Like if you have a company or, or a business, they say, you know, you should get your values organized and you should get a vision for your company and a vision statement. And that's good and that's right. And even as a church, we can implement some of those things into uh, what we do to help us stay focused and on mission. But it's not speaking specifically about just getting a vision or a dream or an idea for your life. The context of that scripture in Proverbs is that where there's no vision, in other words, where there's no revelation of God's word, if there, when there's no understanding of 
what God has called us to and how he has called us to serve him and to be on mission for him and to step into vision together, then we miss it. We perish. We, we, we don't fulfill everything that God desires us to fulfill. But what I know is I believe that you're here this morning because you're open and you're hungry. You, you, you battled through a snowstorm to get here. And God has called us on mission together. And he this morning, I believe, wants to just remind us and give us again a fresh revelation of his word, of how we can get a revelation of what God says to us in his word about how we can step into vision together. So Ephesians chapter 4, Paul's talking, uh, to he's writing to the, the church in Ephesus, but all kinds of churches. This letter, as we looked at in our series last summer, that Ephesians was written as a circular letter. In other words, it was written to multiple churches. It was written to every church. Therefore, as we look at this this morning, we can see how God is calling us here at this church to step into vision together. And so we're going to look at that. Let's look at this right at the top of chapter 4. Paul is a prisoner, and he's writing. He says, therefore I, a prisoner, for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So Paul, he's saying, as we step into vision, as he calls the church to fulfill the vision of Christ, the mission of Christ, being the church, letting the body of Christ function the way it's, it's called to function, he, the first thing he says is he reminds them, he says, you're called of God. You're called. we got to start there. This morning, I want to remind you that you're called by God. And, and you're called to fulfill something for his purpose. You're not just created by God to uh, just exist or, or, or you, you're not just some random you know, circumstance that happened or by evolution you just somehow showed, showed up on the planet and one day you know, a cell split and it became a fish and a frog and a dinosaur and a human and it popped out. I mean, you're not just here by chance. We don't believe that. We believe that God has created us by design. He's created us in his image. And he's created us in his purposes to fulfill what's in his heart. And it's a privilege and it's an honor to know that we're called by God. You're called this morning. You're called to fulfill something for the kingdom of God. You're called to live a life that's just beyond yourself. You're called to live a life for others, for God's purposes. And it's exciting when you get a sense. And so Paul reminds the Ephesians, he says, you, you're all called. Now, sometimes we don't feel like we're called or even that we're qualified to be called. And this is one of the things that I want to challenge us to get beyond this morning. It is not, you don't get stuck in the, in the limited mindset. Don't get stuck in the fog when God's called you. Don't get stuck in a place of, of having a limited vision when God has called you, equipped you, and gifted you to fulfill Everything he has in his heart for you to walk in. He wants you to live your life with bright skies and sunny days. He wants you to live your life in a place of faith and blessing and success and prosperity and breakthrough. He hasn't called you to wander around in in darkness being lost. And so Paul reminds him, he says, you guys are called. And sometimes we struggle with, with that whole idea because we don't feel worthy. We don't feel gifted. We settle for mundane, benign Christianity. And God wants to give us vision. There's a Danish, Danish philosopher, Soren Kierkegaard, and he told a story about a wild goose that was, that was flying, and, and somehow he 
injured his wing and he tumbled down during a flight and he landed in the backyard of a farmer and he landed up in a, in a chicken coop in a big blocked off chicken area. And so this goose, he, uh, as he was recovering, he began to eat with the chickens. He began to uh, walk around with the chickens, hang out with the chickens, make friends with the chickens. You know, whatever chickens do, they just look at each other and be chickens. Um, and one day, he was out in the chicken coop and looked up above, and he heard some honking. And he looked up, he saw wild geese that were in formation, and they were flying en route to Florida. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I just took you there, didn't I? We're all laying on the beach going, oh. <laughs> and as he looks up at the, the formation of geese that are flying, they're honking, and they're calling him, honk, honk. And he's hanging out with the chickens, and so he starts trying his wing, and he starts, oh, man, he starts getting some momentum. So he takes off and he circles up and around the barn and all of a sudden he looks up and he sees all these geese that he doesn't really know and he kind of forgets where they're going and he looks back at the chickens and they're just kind of walking around the yard being chickens and there's food and he looks back and goes, there's all my friends, there's my food, there's my comfort and he ends up flying back and stays in the chicken coop and he lived the rest of his life, a goose stuck in a chicken coop, a wild goose. He heard the honking, he heard the call, but he didn't see himself to be who he was created to be. Sometimes, as followers of Christ, we can settle for living in the chicken coop, so to speak. We can see ourselves just, I'm not that called, I'm not that gifted. How could God ever use me? I want to encourage you this morning that God has created you to soar. God has created you for success. He's called you to, to be so. You're, you are a chosen people. We're a, a, a chosen people. We are, we are God's sons and his daughters. We are royalty, friends. We, we are called to, to, to accomplish great exploits for God. We are the head and not the tail. So we got to get rid of the, our mindsets that keep us in chicken coops, keep us in the fog. We got to get up where the sky is blue. We got to go to the places in God that He's calling us to go because you've been created by God for success, for to fulfill a vision. In this city, he wants to fulfill vision in your life. He wants to see success in your job. He wants to see success in your relationships. God wants to give you. He wants to blow your mind. He wants to do more in you and in me than we can even understand even today. And so the Holy Spirit is speaking through me right now to encourage you, to tell you that we are going somewhere in God. And we're going together. And part of us fulfilling the God-given vision for our lives personally, is us leaning in together, flying in formation like wild geese all the way to Florida. Come on. There are beautiful beaches waiting. <laughs> there is a, a, a beautiful tidal wave of God's grace and blessing flying in from the ocean. And we can either stay in the chicken coop or we can fly in formation. We can catch everything God has for us. we got to position ourselves and we got to get aligned in vision. And so Paul is saying, you've been called, you've been called, you've been called. So come into formation. And then he says, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's fall. Because as we step into vision, we know we're called. And as we step into vision, we step into vision with love. He says, love each other. Love each other. This is how we step into vision together. 
We've articulated the vision of our church, loving all people to Jesus. I want to take the pressure off you today. You don't have to convince somebody with an intellectual argument to come follow Christ. But can you love somebody? Can you love them? If we can all love each other and love our city, we will see a mighty move of God. And this is how God's called us together. It really starts by us loving each other. And we're family. We're going to get on each other's nerves, I can guarantee you. How many people have family in the place? You live with either, you know, you have kids, spouse. You love each other, right? Do you ever get on each other's nerves? How was that drive to church this morning? (laughs) But we're committed as a family. The church is not just an organization that, you, you know, you come... It's a home where you belong. It's a family that you belong to. And we gotta love each other. Scripture tells us that they'll know that we're Christians by our love for each other. And as we love each other well, it enables us to love all people to Jesus well. You know, one of the things that I heard about this past week, and I was blown away, I thought that's the vision of our church in action. One of the young adults from our church um, had something on his heart after the, the tragedy that took place about a week ago in Quebec, the shooting in the, in the mosque, the Muslim mosque. It was a tragedy and our hearts all grieved. One of the young adults from our church rearranged his schedule, took some time out of his day, intentionally went down to one of our local mosques here in Calgary, and he said basically, uh, hey, I'm a Christian, and I want you to know how much our hearts go out to your community right now. I can imagine some of the loss that you're feeling, some of the confusion, some of the hatred and the violence that you're feeling in culture. But I want you to know as a Christian, we love you. He ended up spending time with him, giving him a gift. Loving all people to Jesus. It's not just about loving people that it's easy for us to love. We don't even have to agree with things philosophies, ideas, worldviews that other people have to love them. Just because we don't agree with somebody doesn't mean we can't show them kindness and love and grace. And as we step into vision, Paul is calling the church. He's saying, hey, you're called. And he's saying, love each other. And then we see, he says, step into the vision with unity. Verse three, make every effort to keep yourself united in spirit, binding yourself together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Stepping into vision with unity. Ephesians chapter four is about unity in the church. It's about maturity of the believers, growing in maturity. It's one of the things that Jesus prayed for. He said, Father, as he was in the garden, he prayed, he said, Father, that they, they, they would be one like we are one and and unity, friends, determines us, or u- unity, rather, is, is a determining factor in us fulfilling a greater impact as a church in our city, that we would be committed to each other, that we would be the answers to the prayers of Jesus, <laughs> that we would be united, united showing one another love, united together, united in our diversity. I love First Assembly because we are a church full of, there is every rage, uh, every, every rage, there is every... <laughs> There is every age, race, generation, 
Don't you just love the beauty and the color of our church? I think it's just a little picture of heaven, what heaven's going to be like. It's all of us together. Unity is not uniformity. Unity celebrates your diversity, your uniqueness, your gift, your expression that you bring to the body of Christ. And Paul reminds the church, he says, it's unity. It's unity. Make every effort to stay united. Every effort. In other words, work on it. Build it. Don't just assume it, but get to know each other. Build unity. Find common ground together that you can move in vision together. Make every effort because just as you have been called, there's one hope for this. There's a future, Paul's saying. There's a future. And so let's move together, united. And then he calls us then to step into vision with serving, by serving with our gifts. Paul begins to unpack all this area of of gifting. Verse 7, however, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. First of all, let me just say, how many are thankful for the generosity of Jesus, that he died for your sin, and that he, he is, the Father gave Jesus as a gift, a gift to you and me for our salvation. I mean, that right there, that's, that's, that's amazing. If, if all Jesus ever did for you and me was to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins and make us right with the Father, if God never did anything else for us, wouldn't that be beautiful? Wouldn't that be amazing? That he died for us so we don't have to suffer death and hell and punishment and separation from God forever because of our sin, because of our fallenness as a human race, as we disobeyed God and his instruction and, 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 and fell into temptation and sin and the, the planet just hurled into chaos and godlessness, but God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him doesn't have to perish, but has everlasting life to look forward to. Even if we just lived our lives and we just went to heaven one day, that would be amazing. What a gift that would be. But God has also given us more than that. He's given us other gifts through Jesus Christ. We see here, God has given us so many gifts. Every spiritual blessing in Christ is is ours. And as we discover our gifts, and now so we see here leadership gifts then that God has given to the church. And Jesus gives us these, these leaderships. We see in Scripture other places, Romans 12, there's, there's gifts of the Father, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, gifts of the Spirit. There's a variety of gifts, and, and, and they all work together. And so the gifts of Christ are these leadership gifts and what we can become. Verse 11, now these gifts are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip. That word equip is, is like mending or it's like resetting a bone. If something's out of line, it's bringing alignment to God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body. And the picture is a body functioning together. It says in verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. What a beautiful picture. The body of Christ, healthy. The body of Christ growing and full of love. And as each one of us step into the gifts that God's called us, we're stepping into vision. As we say, God, you've called me. 
God, I'm committed to love and unity. And God, I'm committed to discovering the gifts that you've given me and not just hiding them or hoarding them, but to actually applying them and, and, and using them uh, for your glory and serving people. You gotta have a vision. You gotta get out of the fog. You gotta get out of the chicken coop and begin to see that God has gifted you. He's called you. And as you step into vision, you're stepping in by saying, God, here's my gifts. You've gifted me. In different ways. Some people in the room, you're gifted to teach and preach and all those kinds of things. That's great. Other people, you're, you're gifted to serve. You're gifted to open your home. You have hospitality. Others of you in the room, you're gifted just to come alongside and to help people. And, and others of you, you have a real evangelism gift. You're able to share your faith or your story with other people. But all of us together, using our giftings for the glory of God, this is the vision that God's called us to. And this is what Paul reminds the church. He said, Get in and, and get trained. The challenge is in the church today, there's a lot of professional pastors and people with apostolic gifts and prophetic, and there's a lot of staging of those kinds of gifts. Now, there's a role and there's a place. But ultimately, it's about equipping and it's strengthening and it's building up each one of us to find our place in the body of Christ so that we together can fulfill the vision that God has called us to. Now, as we build vision together as a church, we are building it layer by layer. I was thinking it was just about three years ago now that you were so gracious to uh, the membership of this church to, to take a vote and to invite us to come as, as pastors here at First Assembly. It wasn't a rigged vote, I don't think at all. It was a pretty high number. It wasn't a rigged election. Uh, but we were just so graciously uh, taken back by the fact that you would, you would invite us, and we've, we've loved it. But as we've been developing vision with our governing council and with our staff, we've been building it layer by layer. We've been committed to things like health and unity. And as we're building it together, we are now in a process of, of helping you to move to a place of discovering your gifts so that you can begin to serve. That's what Growth Track is all about. You heard about it already this morning. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't yet taken Growth Track, to sometime this year in 2017 to carve out a, a couple Sundays, four Sundays in particular, that you can pop in, be a part of Growth Track. You can attend the 9 o'clock, and you can, you can you know, come to Growth Track in the 11, or you can, you can come to Growth Track in the 9 o'clock and, and then come to church later. But whatever that is looking like for you, but to find a place that you can come and be a part of Growth Track because we want to help you discover your gift. And as we do, we are going to be developing further opportunities for you to understand how you're gifted and equipped and called, especially in those areas of teaching, those teaching gifts and, uh, and serving gifts and all the gifts that God's given to the body of Christ. And then he says this, make every effort. I love this. Make every effort. Step into the vision wholeheartedly. What does that look like for you to step into vision together? God's vision for your life. God's vision as we move together as a church. This afternoon, you heard about it, we're gonna be focusing this year as a church on community, on developing community further. We have a vision to see dozens of leaders raised up over the next six to 18 months to see um, leaders raised up in the church, people that could lead in areas of community, open their homes. Maybe you can't lead, maybe you don't have that in your schedule to be able to actually lead a group or you're not sure where to start. We wanna help you and train you if you're open. But maybe you just simply can't do that. Perhaps, though, you could open a home or you could just say, hey, I could be a host home to have a community take place in, in my home. There's other ways that we're going to be continuing to uh, bring leadership and strength 
to this church, and you'll see as it unfolds this year. But what I'm asking you this morning is if you would be open to say, God, I'm open to discover. I'm open to find the gift. I'm open, Lord, to understand that you've called me, you've gifted me, and I want to find fulfillment in stepping into that gift and wholeheartedly pursuing you. Paul says, make every effort, just at the top of the chapter, he says, make every effort, step into the vision wholeheartedly. Will you step in wholeheartedly today? Even in your heart, even if you don't understand 100% what that looks like, we wanna help you. If you have any questions, we wanna help you take your next steps constantly. If you, you've come to Jesus this year and, and, and you're a new believer or maybe you've followed God for a while and you haven't yet been water baptized, we wanna help you take that next step to get water baptized. You can t- come talk to any of our staff today or Maureen at the guest services and anybody at Next Steps. We're gonna, we wanna help you always take your next step in your life and in vision. And finally this morning, we step into vision and the power of the Holy Spirit. Back in Ephesians 3, this is what Paul prayed. He said, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now, I want us to take just a minute on this verse. Put that verse, is it up there? Perfect. I pray. I want you to look at this for a minute. Let's just take time to let the word of God just sink in a bit here this morning. Paul's prayer, he says, I pray that from his, watch this, glorious, God is glorious. God is not average. God is not neutral or mediocre. God is glorious. The God you serve, the God who saved you, he is glorious. Think about that. Meditate on that. Get a picture of that. Then he says, this glorious God, watch what he does. He has unlimited resources. He has unlimited resources. The taps are turned on with this glorious God. Now, Alberta, we might have limited resources. We might have a carbon tax. We might have all kinds of pipeline problems. God's resources are unlimited today for your life. And he's wanting to turn the taps of these unlimited resources over your life and over us today so that we can fulfill the vision. Because if we don't get a vision, the people perish. If we don't get a vision, people if we don't understand what God's word says to us and how we're to move and how we're to function and how we step in in obedience and in unity and in love with smiles on our face saying, sign me up, God. I don't want to live in the fog. I don't want to be a chicken. I want to fly. I want to fly in the sky. I want to see everything you have for me. I want to see things the way you see things in this city. And if that's in your heart, then we can lean in and we can step into this today. And we're stepping in the vision and the power of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. He's glorious. He's glorious. Somebody say, he's glorious. Somebody say, he has unlimited resources. And then watch this. It says, and he will empower you. He will empower you. You're not called just to be unempowered or or regular. You're not called just to be sitting there going, well, whatever. I guess I wish I had more power. You're called to walk in power. Hold your head up, son of God. Child of God, daughter of God, he's unlimited, he's glorious, and he is empowering us to fulfill the vision that he has for our lives and for this church. Watch this, with inner strength through his spirit. Verse 20, this is good too. Paul, Paul was good, wasn't he? <laughs> Check out verse 20. Now, now all glory to God, who is able... 
Is, is, he, is he able to do it? Is he a weak God? Is he thinking about it? No, he's able. Through his what? Watch this. His mighty power. And it's at work, watch this, within us. Could God just wave his hand and say, well, I'm just going to make it happen? Yeah, he could. But watch this. His mighty power is at work where? In you. In you. In me. In us. All finding our gift. Now, it took me a while in my life to figure out my gift. It really did. But the Holy Spirit, through his unlimited resources, began to work in my life as I began to open myself to God. Do you know that there was a time? I remember I was, I was so shy when I was a kid. Can you imagine? My biggest fear was to get in front of a group of people and to speak. When I was in grade 10, it was my English class speech. I remember freaking out, sweating the night before, getting up there, paralyzed. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, God began to show me that he's called me to a vision beyond myself. And it's his vision. And he showed me who I am. And when we say, God, what do you want me to do? It starts with, who am I? Who have you called me to be? And then, Lord, I'm going to step in wholeheartedly. I'm going to step in. And sometimes that means sacrifice. Sometimes that means rearranging our schedule. Sometimes that means other things. But as we step in, he's able to do it. He's at work within us. His mighty power to accomplish more. Watch this. More than we can ask or imagine. More than we can ask or think. I want you to know that I'm asking God for big things for First Assembly. I'm dreaming of big things that God desires to do in us and through us. This is a big city, friends. It needs all hands on deck. It needs every church. But God's called us specifically together. And we get to be on mission together. So as you watch this video, we put this video together. And then we're going to just move into a prayer time today. But as we close and you watch this video... I want you to think about this verse. He's able to do exceedingly, watch this, exceedingly abundantly, above all, exceedingly, that's a lot, abundantly, above all, keep going. He's glorious. He's unlimited. Even more than this video can portray. Even more than we can ask or imagine. Now, we're imagining big. We're dreaming big. Our staff, our governing council, we're praying, we're dreaming, we're trusting God. He's able to do more than this. But this morning, I want you to get this in your heart and say, God, and ask the Lord, what's, what's my part? What's my part as we step into vision together in this new year? Let's watch this video together. In 1927, a group of believers came together and they had a passion and a desire to reach neighbors, friends for Jesus. In the early days of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, there were people that had been influenced by that move of God and uh, they were here in Calgary. Calgary was a, a young city, a new city. But these believers met together, they began to pray, they had a passion and a burden to reach people with the love of Jesus Christ. And so as they they gathered together, they were able to rent a small little upper room uh, right downtown on 8th Avenue, 
right next to the Robin Hood flour mill. And as they met, God just began to meet them there, and the church uh, just began to grow exponentially. People were getting saved. Families were coming to Jesus Christ. Uh, miracles, signs, wonders. And so that was the origin of First Assembly. That's, that's where we started. The church then moved to a small building on 8th Avenue downtown, and the people continued to passionately reach out, and people kept coming to Christ. What really matters to the heart of God is the poor, the orphan, the widow, lost people. Uh, right from the start, that has been part of who we are at First Assembly. We value ministry to, to those in our city who are in need and we desire to fulfill God's heart in reaching uh, single moms, those who are uh, in need, the disenfranchised, and that has been our heart from the beginning. So as the church grew, the leadership began to seek God for a new church location, and they found some property on Elbow Drive. And at that time, this was on the outskirts of town, and it was a real step of faith. And God was faithful, and the people followed the leading of the Lord. And for many years now, Elbow Drive location has been our church home. And over the years, God has birthed several other churches and ministries from this house. We've experienced some challenging times, as well as some significant seasons of renewal and grace. So First Assembly is one of those places that has experienced incredible favor from the Lord. And as we've stepped out in faith, we've seen miracles. Uh, This church has planted many churches and sent out missionaries all around the world and is focused on reaching young people in our city as one of our top priorities. But it's not about us. It's about God's purposes. It's about us continuing to trust God and to follow him as he's building this, one of many great local churches in our city, First Assembly. So today, Calgary, it's still a a growing city, and there is still so much need in our city. Uh, People need to understand that God loves them. He died for them. Uh, Their sins can be forgiven. They can have a fresh start. And you know, the Lord is not slow at keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us that. But instead, God is patient, and he's not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come uh, to repentance. And that's our heart. We want to see people come to know Jesus Christ. So God has given us a renewed vision for a renewed season in front of us. Some of the best days of First Assembly are yet ahead of us. We long to see those who are far from God come to know the love of Jesus personally. We want to see broken people find healing and freedom. We want to see marriages and families restored. We desire for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our time. We want to see a whole city transformed by the good news of Jesus. So what if you woke up every day knowing that you're fulfilling your purpose? I believe you can. We are a spirit-empowered people, and God has called us to live our lives on mission. In our church, we believe that God has given every person a unique purpose to fulfill, and we're committed to helping you discover your God-given dreams and helping you take your next step in following Jesus. You know, we believe every individual matters. Every ministry matters. It's all about serving Him with the gifts that he's given us. We want to help you discover those gifts. And we desire that every person become the person that God ultimately created them to be. I believe it takes an entire generation 
the young and the old, joining hands, joining hearts together, that we can work together towards fulfilling God's mission for First Assembly. Will you be part of the vision? Will you step in wholeheartedly to step into the gifts and the callings? Would you just pray and ask God, God, open up my heart, open up my mind. Now is the time that God's calling us. God has given us a window of opportunity in this city right now. We have to share this beautiful love and freedom that he's given us. So from the very beginning, uh, the vision of First Assembly was love. The vision of First Assembly still is love. And the vision of First Assembly, as we look to the future, will always be loving all people to Jesus Christ. Come on, let's stand up. Let's give God our praise today. Come on, just take a minute. Let's give God our praise today. Let's just lift a shout. Let's clap our hands this morning. God, we give you praise, Lord. We give you praise, God, for what you have called us to. We give you praise, oh God, for what you are calling us in in the days ahead. Lord, I thank you that you are not slow in keeping your promises. God, I thank you that the window is now. I thank you that today is the day of salvation. And Lord, you are breathing fresh upon us. Just open up your your heart to God today. I would encourage you, if you would like to, to open up your hands and your arms to God. Just by doing that, you're saying, Holy Spirit, come breathe fresh. We are a spirit-empowered people on mission. And so, God, we pray that you would breathe fresh upon us today. In Jesus' name, Michael's going to lead us in this song as we close this morning. And let's just sing this song as a dedication, as our prayer, saying, God, we want to be all in, on mission, full of you. Lord God, being ourselves, but being full of you, on mission, and ready, Lord, to see vision take place in our lives, in a new way, and in our church, God. We're trusting you, Lord, for souls. We're trusting you, God, for a city to be transformed by the love and the power of Jesus. So we're saying this morning, Holy Spirit, fill us, empower us afresh in Jesus' name. Let's just receive that as Michael leads us this morning. In Jesus' name, let's sing it.